0: hello everybody and welcome back to the line of the podcast my name is tom jenkins this is episode 158 and i promise this will be a much more upbeat show than our last one the reason for that is threefold one wanderers ran out two nil winners against Leyton orient and that kettle throwing muppet connor wilkinson last saturday two wanderers signed four players on transfer deadline day and three last night's game against mansfield town was postponed again which meant we would coast along on this positivity wave for a little bit longer isn't it glorious uh joining me to get into all of this are James Jarvis Chris Manning and Lee Tennant and Lee I'll start with you cast your mind back to just before three o'clock on Saturday what did you make of Ian Everett's very attacking team selection and what were you expecting from the game against Leighton
1: Orient uh yeah really happy to to see all the uh, the names on the team sheet, basically going for it wasn't he with uh, mm-hmm. Dolphanzo Do, Do, Nehuwa and uh, Isgrove um, with Doyle as well so yeah obviously a lot, a lot happier to see him sort of uh, getting a, a aggressive attacking mindset in the side and uh, obviously paid dividends so yeah just a lot happier to see see us go that way and um, it's not going to work in every game but I think it was a way to go late in Orient not as threatening without Danny Johnson Who's injured up front and proved that we, we had too much from going forward in the end. And obviously, Arthur who was a, a massive part of that. Yeah, it was a
0: shame though, wasn't it? We couldn't uh, get ahead in the first half when we had that ridiculous spell of about four chances in the space of three minutes. Did you think at one point that it was going to be another one of those Cheltenhamish
1: games? Yeah, it looked, like, looked that way, didn't it? With that Delfonso miss, oh, good God. He just, he, when, he, when he has a bit of time on the ball. Oh, yeah he had so much time to pick his spot and he's he's better with he's better when it's two oh, yards out in he, let's be honest <laughs> but he's um he's an instinct he's an instinctive finisher out right? but if you give him time he just he shoots out hard enough that not enough does he and yeah but he overall he played he played quite well i i thought in the second half um particularly him and the link ups he, he did one sort of bursting run where he beat a man down the left and i think that's when he played in. Elba and then Elba didn't square it to Nahura from memory towards the end of the game. We had, we had a few breakaways and like like I said on the group, I, it's just nice to have a game where you don't want it to end because they weren't offering any sort of threat and we were we were looking like making it 3-0-4, which you know you just kind of wanted the game to play on for the 10 minutes, see how many we could get. But um, yeah, like I said, we missed a lot of chances, um, but luckily they didn't come back to haunt us on this occasion. Yeah, I was very very grateful to see uh, was it James Brophy put through his own there? Although I was
0: disappointed that Brocky didn't get on the end of it because that that would have been a nice moment for him. I thought he played he played very well. Um, Chris, that is probably our best performance of the season thus far, wouldn't you say? And it probably is down to having a a, a more expansive style of football with the better mm-hmm. players all put into all shoehorned almost into one lineup for sure um, also partly put down to the fact that we called for it on last week's podcast i mean we've got the, we've got
2: the personnel for it so it's just on the evidence of saturday frustrating that it's taken till february or late january i should say till everett's actually gone balls out and whether it's because he wanted to whether it's because he felt he had no choice or whether the time was right it, who really cares because because the result was there a little bit less comfortable i thought in, in the first half i thought we were despite the chances we missed we, there were still the odd Hairy moment, but all in all, I thought it was by far the best performance uh, of the season for me. Everything clicked in the second half. Everyone did the job, and um, it's just interesting how certain players who, you know, you'd have judged to have been most picks essentials, men, namely Delaney and Sasvic don't play, and we, we look a lot more fluid. We look better in defence. We look stronger, and we look more uh, composed going forward as well. And I thought the second half, the midfield was absolutely excellent too. So yeah, you know. Long may the change continue if we're doing that. And, and I think it's it's inevitable, given what's happened later on in the week, that a further change isn't
0: going to come to personnel as well. But yeah, all, all signs point to an exciting second half of the season. Let's hope so. Um, do, do you think that's the kind of lineup and sort of out-there attacking kind of um, performance that we can only really do at home? Because away from home, we've seen, for example, the Exeter game, a lot of them are going to be battles on, on mud-bath pitches. Yeah. So it's not necessarily the thing that we could do. For example, if we played last night against Mansford, I'm not sure we could have gone out with the same lineup there.
2: No, I think you're dead right, and I think that's where someone like Tuck comes in. I wouldn't necessarily. We don't think we need to play two older midfielders in home games. I think we should be the the uh, the aggressors in going forward, making sure we're on the front foot. So yeah, at home games I'm happy to, to stick to that formation, but I think away games we probably do need to be a bit more circumspect. But again. We've got the personnel to to now to play a couple of different systems. So hopefully, this this will show that we've got
0: that about us, and that we start to display it more frequently. To time it in with that that late season run, you know we just got to hope that we don't get a raft of injuries, which is usually what happens once we've suddenly got options in and around the Jesus team. Crossed. Indeed, um, James, Chris mentioned it there. We don't didn't have Sarsavich in that midfield, and it was one of the better and more composed midfield performances I've seen from us against Leighton Orient. W- would would if it get back into that, it uh, get back into that team, maybe in, in the place of George Thomson?
3: Uh, I think the argument can be made because. Um... For, for one it's kind of hard to leave your, capt- leave your captain out and he's never, other than maybe one one game that I can't quite remember who he faced, I don't think he's ever really been the worst performer on the pitch, so yeah I think there's um, there's good call especially in a really attacking threat at home, he does bomb forward and he does have a decent shot on him when he gets a chance, so I think there's an argument definitely to be made for him to come back in, but you know me I'm not the mentality that you don't change a winning team if you can help it so I'm, I'm happy to just stick with this current now and make Sarcevic work for his place back in the team so yeah I
0: don't think we lost an awful lot do we but from having Sarcevic out of the team from a captain perspective because I think Doyle from is experienced enough and has the credibility to, to lead that team quite well
3: yeah yeah I, I think Re- really, I think it more came down to just ha- ever throwing in the players that were more form and taking the ones out. Like Delaney, he was he's been poor for a few weeks and you're him with a more hungry Baptiste in the lineup and look how much of a difference that made. El Bezzetti, who was being absolutely woeful and continued to be woeful when he came on the came on as a sub, you're replacing with Ganua who've been much more lively in recent games and So look how much of a different a confidence winger made to our forward play. We really should have had seven, and those kind of changes were really vital. Uh, And and really, adding all these new faces coming in, who will probably cover, who will definitely cover individually later on, it's it's just gonna, you know, boost the team up even more. It's like say competition really brings out the best in some people. So. And as well as getting other other Deadwood out the door, who was stinking the place up, it really, it's like you said, it's just positive all around at the moment, and it's and it really culminates in us saying that we're disappointed that we only beat Leighton Orient by two.
0: Yeah, it should have been a more convincing score, scoreline. Certainly, I think in the last five minutes we we, we had. Numerous amounts of chances to be able to really, really put it to bed. Um, That was obviously through, uh, what was it, Del Delfonso and uh, El Buzetti not being able to finish their dinner. But um, Ganua, who has been such a revelation in the last uh, four four matches, certainly. He could be a regular starter from now on, even with the changes, don't you think, James?
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, 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 I remember saying a month ago that I never saw him as a starter, but he's completely proved me wrong, hasn't he? It's just that as soon as he came in the door and he gave that first interview, he's always he, at first he always just felt like a bit of a meme, you know. That he's just a <laughs> local lad who's just come in who lives down the road. He's here to make up the numbers, etc., etc. But nope, nope. Since 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 the start of twenty twenty one, he's really knuckled down and and is determined to prove a point, determined to stick around in that team, and I'm all for it. Long may it continue.
0: Yeah, well, like we say, it's very, very good to have options at last. Um, We're sort of running out of options a little bit at centre-half in terms of suspensions, injuries and people out of form. But, Lee, Alex Baptiste came in and gave an absolutely
1: brilliant performance at the weekend, didn't he? Yeah, certainly. He was um he's excellent in bringing the ball out from defence as well. I think the um BWFC analysis on, uh, on Twitter that's pops up this season... Come up with some good stuff, actually. Um, he um, he posted, I assume say he posted uh, <laughs> a couple of clips of, um, of, Baptiste bringing the ball out of defence and showing how he, he he sort of drove forward with the ball. Maybe only a couple of times, but sometimes you only get an opportunity a couple of times a game to do that, where it's sort of the right thing to do. So yeah, he he was he was uh, showed also quite a few clips of him um, sort of nicking the ball away from from late night players when they did actually. There was quite a lot of wide open space. I remember one goal kick in the first half when I think Jilts sort of played it down the wing as if like almost like he expected Kyoso to win the ball in yeah, down the wing. And I mm-hmm. think I think Brockbank lost that the, the head. I can't remember who it was or, or what happened, but I know that they were sort of pretty much two on two against us and Baptiste has got a got a great footing and he's got that experience, hasn't he? He's like I say he's had he's had as many good games as bad games this season. He's had, he's had bad, he's had more like Bad moments in games like the back pass against late night, which didn't cost him because Cohen saved the penalty. And he's had bad moments rather than really bad 90s. But I think at centre half, his pace hopefully won't be exposed as much with Santos alongside him. I think it is the partnership possibly we've been we've been looking for that experienced head um, alongside someone like Santos who is still a bit raw because he's not played that many EFL games. Obviously he played for Peter a few years ago, but um, I think having Baptiste alongside him. That's, there's a calming presence. Does does make a lot of sense, but um, obviously we've been linked with uh, those who have coming on to this later. I'd rather me wait till later to discuss this, but we've been linked with Joel Lynch. from. Uh, he's played for Huddersfield. Basically played his whole career in the Championship but is getting on 33. Whether he's someone who, you know, him and Baptiste may sort of dovetail as a as the rotation option. He seems to sort of like Delaney. He's, he says positive things ever about Delaney, but let's be honest, he's He's just not yeah. a very good footballer overall, is he? Don't get me wrong, I'm 100% sure he puts 100% in every game. I'm not disputing that. And I think in certain games, I've said it again and again in the group, backs to the wall sort of when we were winning those games in November, um, Stevenage and it's good, where we were only sort of winning by a one goal margin. He's perfect because he's backs to the wall. If, if, if clubs are, um, teams are just putting crosses in against us, um, just throwing the ball into the box, he's, he's exactly the man you want in there. But there is the type of player you want in your team when the game's in the balance, and you need someone a little bit more street-wise and a little bit more uh, savvy and a bit a bit better overall technically. Then <laughs> I don't I don't think Delaney do you I think Baptiste he's he's better technically than a lot of people give him credit for. And um, yeah, I mean let, let's see how he goes. He's he's done really well to stay fit. Um, pretty much Baptiste, he's not really missed. If he's not been selected, he's been on the bench. So he's done well to to stay fit season, I think, because there's a lot of injuries these last in couple of years. So let's uh, let's hope that continues because he is he is a decent option at this level still.
0: Yeah, I have to admit he's he's surprised me because I, I was expecting a complete car crash of a signing really. And at the start of the season, as you say, there was a lot of um, brain fade moments that occurred in games where mm. he he didn't really endear himself to uh, to the fans and it probably would have been forgiven had he not already been like that when he played for us a few years ago, um, but I think from a consistency perspective, as you say, keeping himself fit the way that he has, I think, has been very impressive. And um, at the moment, I wouldn't I wouldn't see fit to to drop him. I think I think he's earned a shot. At, um as uh, I think it'd be very unfair to drop him after that performance anyway. But I think he's certainly under shot in the team, given as you said, Delaney's been so poor for a while. Um, Chris Lee mentioned. Joel Lynch, I presume, I presume you have heard of him. Uh, <laughs> um, would, would he be the kind of person who you'd want to come in from From my recollection of Joel Lynch? He's a big burly centre-half who likes to win his headers. Yeah,
2: I, I'm happy, like Lee said, if we can get someone that's perhaps got a mix of the the, the, the <clears throat> brawn of Delaney with a little bit of the brains of, of Baptiste and someone that's played at the highest level possible, he's always going to be a great signing for us in League Two. Um, it's one of those ones I'm not madly familiar with him. Obviously, like you said, it's one of these Mark Hudson types that's just kind of been around forever and ever and ever. But I'm I'm confident that if if he was to come in, he'd provide a much better backup for Santos and Baptiste at this minute in time. i my preferred to at centre half than than Santos and Delaney. Um, I've been absolutely blown away by Santos last three or four weeks. I've I've been keeping a bit of an eye on the fella, and and I think that his uh, his, his play on the ball has improved immensely. Really, really like him. I think he's come on leaps and bounds in the last couple of months, and so he's. Uh, He's been a shining light in terms of defensive signings this season. And whilst I wasn't as quite as hysterically upset about signing Baptiste as perhaps a few people may were may have been, um like Lee said again, I can only echo that, that he's done really well. Remaining fit's one thing at his age, but to be, you know, pretty influential in our season so far, despite not playing every week, is his testament to the fella. Uh, I'd be content if things were to stay the same as far as our position goes to, to keep him on. 'Cause I think that that experience had is is vital. And to bring in someone like Lynch alongside presumably Santos as, as the first choice or first choice plus first backup, it's sensible. Um and it shows hopefully the, the financial muscle is still there combined with who else we've brought in, presumably also on impressive wages. So yeah, the future I think the future's bright. Defensive is not the issue it was a couple of years ago when we had other certain, shall we say, unrefined centre arms mm-hmm. in our squad. And so, yeah, I, I'm happy the way things are going. It, it's uh, it's looking a lot stronger now than it was in uh, in, in Christmas. It, it doesn't hurt. Gonna... Sorry,
1: go on, Lee. Sorry, sorry, Tom. Uh, I was just going to say um, in relation to um, being able to bring in the players of the caliber, of sort of Madison, and who I assume that we're paying his, his full wages. I, I sh- we can do that under the terms of embargo. It's just that we can't pay like a loan fee, isn't it? I think so. The, yeah. the players we brought, the, the fact we can still bring in, perhaps the, like you know Joe Lynch. Uh, somebody who I w- would have thought would command you know, towards the top end of what we're paying Doyle, Sarsovich, etc. Um, it's quite clever if they've left that bit of the budget available. I think that's quite a, a canny move in a way that I know obviously we started the season badly. So you could say, why didn't we get the players that we, we needed at the start of the season perhaps? But perhaps as weren't available, the ones that Everett wanted. But I think it's quite, it's quite good um, that we have got that bit of wiggle room in the budget to bring in pretty much marquee players. In I'm you know, a bit older Lynch, but Madison certainly, absolutely marquee at this level should be. You know, he might he might end up if he keeps dropping his TVs on his foot or whatever he's done tonight and Instagram. Or whatever, <laughs> you know, then maybe maybe it'll turn out to be a disaster, but. He um, looks like a dickhead, though, don't he? <laughs> oh, come head. on, Chris. My God, yes, let's him Chris, Chris, Chris let's when him a we, when we have the go. little
0: segment where we talk about Marcus Madison, you can call him a dickhead as much as you like. But, but, for the, but for the moment, we have other things to discuss. Chris. He can All be right. as much
2: of a dickhead as he likes if he scores as many as I hope he does. Exactly, yeah. Well,
1: anyway, I, dickhead, I interrupted you then. Yeah, we did. Uh, another <laughs> mid-Northeast. Know well, they're from dead. the exact
0: same area, so the comparison's are, uh, and they've got and the second name is, is similar as well. I mean, oh, the oh, it's
3: comparison's more favourable in Chris's eyes. A juve. <laughs> yeah, that's always yeah. true.
0: Let's hope the impact when they leave is similar. Put it that way.
1: Exactly. <laughs> anyway, Tom, I interrupted you. I hope you can find your find your spot again. No,
0: absolutely. It's, uh, I was basically saying that Chris was talking about us having cloggers at centre half, and I don't mind the odd clogger. As you said, with the, in this league, we come up a lot against a lot of opposition, where they're going to be very useful. But I think when we're at home and we're playing more attacking football, and we're capable of playing more attacking football on a much better pitch, it is useful to have two centre-halves who are capable of picking a pass. The other thing that I was going to mention to you, Chris, when we're talking about the defence, is how impressed I was with Harry Brockbank at at the weekend. And I know that you tend to see things a bit, uh, what's the word, in a more sceptical way than I do. Uh, I sort of fall over myself when I'm impressed by somebody. But I I genuinely thought he had one of his best games in a Bolton shirt at the weekend because he recovered having really struggled early on.
2: I agree, uh, and I I demand to be impressed, Tom. That's the difference. That's uh, very I, true. I think I've I said as much in my ratings report this week that, that I are like Brockbank. I think he gets a rough ride only because a lot have, including myself. I I don't try and pretend otherwise. I have really high expectations for players that we've we've generated, and and I think that's probably a little unfair. But I see Brockbank as being better defensively than Kiyoso, and I think he's better on the attack than Jones. So out of the Options that we've got at right back for me at the minute is is his first pick. So yeah, I totally agree. I thought it was excellent. I, I, you know, for his sake, I think it would have been uh, it would have been fantastic for him to have knocked that in at the back post. I've no doubt he would have done. Uh, but yeah, long may this good form continue.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it is important based on how much they dug us out of a hole last year that we do keep um, the young players who are still at the club sure. interested and involved. And um, Brockbank, I think, is one of the ones who is, is deserving of that opportunity. I, I don't have any problem with Gethin Jones at all. I think he, he's been very steady and did a fantastic job at um, left-wing back when called upon. But uh, no, I, I think if um, any... Well, I, I wouldn't change Brockie at the moment. Um, James, I'm coming to you for the most important question about uh, the Leighton-Orient game. How pleasing was it to see Conor Wilkinson launch one miles over the bar towards the end? <laughs>
3: uh, his, his face afterwards where he just looked utterly defeated. That that I was tempted to make that my wallpaper for the day. Uh, oh, it's just nice to see that knobhead get, get, get his comeuppance after he shushed us <laughs> at Orient's ground.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't want to come across as bitter, but I did really enjoy rubbing it one in on him that uh, in that game. I, I think there's there's far too many um, players who leave us, who get um, stick off our fans, who end up having the last laugh, and I'm very, very pleased that we managed to have the last laugh on this occasion. Yeah,
3: he, yeah, he's clearly one of those that thinks he's better than he is. I mean, you saw him during the game as well, having a couple rows with some of his teammates about either what they did or what he's doing or whatever. yeah. Yeah, he's he's clearly he's clearly a dickhead. Maybe he's their dickhead, but whatever, whatever. I'm don't know. I'm not going to ask any Orient fans about that. But yeah, no, was... he's
0: not good enough to be a dickhead footballer, is he? Oh,
3: never, never. <laughs> but...
0: Did did he actually shush an empty fucking stadium? Me? Have you not have you not seen the picture? He slid over to the camera, spotted where the camera was, and knew that people could <laughs> see it and eye follow and shushed it.
3: Yeah, finger to he's his joking. mouth, right from the
0: camera. I quite like that. I quite like
3: that. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It's excellent shit I just wish it wasn't shit hours to us, especially from... Sol- exactly.
1: <laughs> oh, we'll get our revenge anyway, kind of, even though they are about eight points above us. But was... <laughs> yeah, we'll pass
3: Long in time, in. time left in this season, Lee. We'll pass them in no time.
0: Indeed. Um, the last thing that I was going to come to on the Leighton Orient game was um, Owen Doyle, who I think is... I think it's fair to say has struggled for, um, in a lot of the matches that we've seen this season despite being our top scorer. Uh, James took his goal very, very well, probably should have had another. Do do we think it's a realistic target for him to try and hit 20 this season?
3: Oh, without a doubt. As, uh, like, I, as long as he doesn't get injured and gets the same kind of service he got uh, late in Orient, he can easily hit 20.
0: Good. That's I, the yeah. kind of positivity we need She'll to hit. be on
2: 20 <laughs> I, I, already if we're being critical. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well based on last year's form yes he should be on 20 already mm.
3: yeah but uh whatever he's doing well he's doing well enough especially when you compare how many how many strikers have absolutely blown it out of club over the years so i'll let him off
0: it's true do, do you think that the uh the formation that we played having delfonso drop deep to sort of cover that space where he was dropping deep into um when sasvich was playing that helped him
3: I think it just helped that we were like I say we were consistently on the attack. It means he didn't have to come out of his position and try and mop up and and create when he was getting bare bone service in loads of other games. I think it's just mm-hmm. I, I genuinely think that's the only difference. The only reason he's had to come down in certain games is because he feels like he's been he's been starved or we've been on the back foot or we're just fanning fanning around with it in midfield trying to create the perfect goal. But there was there wasn't really nearly as much of that against Latin Orient, and look how much of a difference it made—not just to him, but to the entire team.
0: So, yeah, it was. I think, yeah, but we've already said it's one of our best performances, if not the best performance of the I'm, of the season. Go I'm on, looking Chris.
2: forward to seeing what uh, Madison can bring to the party in terms of Doyle because his, his creativity should, in theory, create even more opportunities for the lad. Uh, and given that we know he's he's in, he's had a time where he's had to come short for the ball, as James said, because we've not had too many forward-playing attackers um, in the side. I think Madison is your pure out-and-out attacker. Don't expect him to do a single jot of defensive work. So I- I'm interested to see what difference that makes to us on the counter-attack particularly. I think it's, uh, it's exciting.
0: Well, I mean, I don't know who's going to be uh, the continued goalkeeper and we're going to move on to that that situation um, almost immediately. But I think what was impressive was Jilks on two occasions having a very, very good throw out on a counter-attack to set us away, one of which Albazelli should certainly have either scored or, or squared it across to, to Arthur Ganua. So I think if we can have a bit more instinct about us to try and take advantage of those mm. counter-attacking situations, maybe Madison is the person to, to feed the ball to.
2: Definitely. I think it's, uh, it's going to open up, hopefully, a new avenue of attack. because God bless the midfielders we've got at the minute. They're not ex- especially quick, nor, nor especially creative. But they're, they're probably functional. Rather than anything else, and so to have someone in there that can provide that element of of surprise and something a little bit uh, a little bit unexpected can only benefit us, especially with Doyle, with him being an out and out striker and not, in my opinion, not especially brilliant at the link up stuff.
0: Uh, I, I disagree with you there. I think he's got very very good feet, has Doyle, but I, I'm not necessarily sure he's the kind of striker who's who's creative. Certainly, no. But no, I, I, I agree. think I think. Yeah, yeah but I, um, anyway, so
3: if I may add regarding Madison, uh last last thing yeah. before you move on, Tom, I really hope that Madison sure. can, can take a set piece because God knows how many. Oh, God,
0: goals that is a very good point.
3: Yeah, Lord knows how many more goals we'd have if we could actually win the mm. ball in. And hopefully, he's yeah. the answer
0: Crawford to Crawford couldn't cross his
2: eyes.
3: <laughs> <laughs> how many times we failed to beat the first man, or it's just been hit way too far for anyone to reach this season? Yeah, absolutely agree.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, again, Ben Jackson, I thought, had a much better game against Leyton Orient, but his corners are disgraceful and need to be stopped immediately. Anyway, though, moving on. So we had the Orient victory on Saturday. We had deadline day on Monday and Bolton brought in four players. We got rid of four players unceremoniously in a couple of cases. Uh, the first person I'm going to come to, I know we've already talked about Marcus Madison, but he's he's the marquee <laughs> one, so we'll save him for last to build up some some suspense and some tension. Uh, the first one we'll talk about is Lucas Jensen, the Burnley goalkeeper, six foot six, 21 years of age, if memory serves. A good pedigree, Lee, but playing devil's advocate, are we not going down the
1: same rabbit hole as we did with Billy Krellin? Yeah, possibly, apart from the fact that obviously Dilks is there and... and- He's been training and he's been playing, and as opposed to someone who just wasn't ready and available to play. So, say we throw Jensen for a couple of games, and, it, and a similar sort of pattern emerges, just what happened with Krellin. Then we've got somebody we know has done, you know, a seven out of ten job, eight, nine out of ten, some games, but generally a seven out of ten job, apart from a couple of Ricks uh, for us. So, you know, if Jensen can't seem to handle a step up to regular efl football then we, we have got someone else there who can step in and jilt so not as worrying because because we have got that safety net but um yeah it's um it's an interesting sign and it's one that came out of left field i think reese uh did his did his homework and looked at the under premier league under 23 team sheets and the and the saw who so was and, missing and, didn't he yeah yeah <laughs> and then the mid the midday and it's the first name he came up with and that's who it was so uh uh, we've got our own little agent McGee there, haven't we? So but um I think yeah, it's it's an interesting one 'cause he's he's not really played um I think he played like second division football in Denmark so and he played a handful of games. So he's not really played many senior competitive games at all, and never mind DFL games. But yeah, he's obviously Burnley have got a good always had good keepers, Burnley. Um obviously we thought he might be Brian Jensen somebody's he's not. Um I think Brian Jensen might still still be at the club there, like doing some coaching stuff. So He's um yeah, I say they've got Pope, they've got Peacock Farrell, they've got quite a few ahead of him, so he's not had a chance. But yeah, he has sat on the bench, I think, when Pope's been injured and Peacock Farrell started for Burnley. So um yeah, you know, he's he's somebody who obviously Sean Dice seem seem to trust as maybe a third in third in line for the keeper spot there. So that's encouraging. Um yeah, just have to see how it goes. He's he's a big lad. I think Krellin was 6'1". six foot one. He's, he's not the wasn't the tallest, was he? Krellin? six two maybe. No, you know, it wasn't. It was. So having a six 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 apart of it, a six seven in circles, six six, and I've seen six four on Wikipedia. So he, he's <laughs> regardless, between, we can just assume that he's regardless. Big. <laughs> he's he's tall, he's tall. and he looks come out his interview. He looks like quite. He doesn't look like a, a kid. Uh, he looks like a man, and you know, twenty one. You know, he's a bit a couple of years older than Krellin, I think, isn't he? So that that helps his development, just developing your you, you know your, your overall body mass and. your muscles and stuff you develop as you get older through your teenage years into your early twenties. So yeah, let's see how it goes. he's someone who sounds like we possibly might be out to sign at the end. I don't know when his contract runs out, but you, you know, if he does, does well for us, yeah, if he does well for us, it could be somebody we bring in and, you know, big keepers like that always attract interest from higher up the pyramid. If he does well for us, it could be somebody we make some money on. So I think the the, the other loan signing we may will come on to in a minute. Him and him and Jensen seem like smart loan signings with a view to being able to actually bring them into the club, as opposed to just signing someone who's going to come here for for twenty games and you know, hopefully put themselves in a shop window for for clubs higher up, it actually seems like we've got a fighting chance of actually being able to bring in these players permanently, which makes makes a lot of sense to me.
0: Yeah, I would agree with you, and you know we can only see what we will see. I'm not sure I necessarily trust Matt Jilks's judgment of goalkeepers, given that he was the one who recommended Billy Krellin, But you know, everyone's allowed to to make a mistake, I suppose. Um, Chris. I know that you've been advocating to get a new goalkeeper in for some time. What, what do you make of this and would he necessarily come in to be your number one now? Uh,
2: no, I think it's weird, to be honest, that we've gone down the exact same route as... Oh, well, not the exact same route, that's probably a bit far-fetched, but a very, very similar route to the mistake that nearly cocked our entire season up in the first place. So, we'll give him a go, see how he gets on. Uh, I think Lee's point about him possibly being one that we could sign once his Burnley contract expires is, is spot on. But in terms of first-team action uh I would be a little bit nervous about chucking him straight in the in the starting eleven at this minute in time. Um I think that Jilkes that has been fine, probably. I, I wouldn't necessarily say eight or nine, but we didn't need eight or nine at that time. We just needed a calm head to come in and settle things down, that is exactly what he's done. Be that, being the right per will he be the right person to pass that on to, to Jensen. I I don't know, but I think we maybe are looking at something for the future as opposed to the right now. Um we're halfway through the season, give or take. I can Jilks, for me, can carry on to the end of the season and then we re-review we re, uh, it. But we'll see, I suppose, on uh, on Saturday what, uh, what Everett's opinion is in terms of that.
0: Yeah, I mean, he he made a big point, didn't he, James, in, in the media about how he thought that Jilks wasn't going to relinquish the number one jersey all too easily. I, I've got to be honest with you, I, I, I did not see this kind of signing as being anything other than this kid's going to come in straight away and play. I don't think Bernie would have let him come here if that wasn't the case.
3: Uh, pro- probably not but at the same time that's really good to hear because like like i was saying earlier competition usually brings better performances out of people and unlike like we were saying earlier when Krellin was pretty much came in to be undisputed number one Jukes was not training as he probably is now at the, to be at playing level matty alexander obviously is not near enough ready yet and he was supposed to be sent out on loan just with all this pandemic nonsense um yeah, I I think Lucas Jensen is just is going to be. You know what I'll you know I'll nail I'll nail I'll nail my course to the mast. He's going to be a massive success, and I base that on two things. One, um, well I've already mentioned proper competition, but he's also from a Premier League academy. Unlike uh, Billy Krellin, who's came up through f- through Fleetwoods. Are they Category Three? Category Two? I have no
0: idea, but it's it's not it's not the same kind of review, is it?
3: Yeah, no, yeah, no. It's it's different levels to coaching over the years. Even and he has also had um experience, even if it is a Danish two level, but. Has he played for Burnley? Did Did anyone look that up? Has he actually played for Burnley, even if he's not? Don't no, think so. Ma- made the bench a
0: few times. I think that was the claim to fame that it was put out in the
1: media. No, I'm a, I imagine if they had like a t- a team, you know, they don't have a, a second string team in the uh, Papa Johns that they So I imagine if they had, if, if they'd had the sort of Kudos of having a a, a second uh, second string side in the Papa John's he would have definitely played in that I would have thought, but uh, they don't they don't do this. So. No, he's not played for Burnley. So
3: um, no I really We're in the shooting in the dark, Jones, aren't we? Yeah, fair enough. Which is fair enough, but at the same time we're a League Two club, and a lot of League Two clubs do this. They take the keepers from the academy who aren't getting the game time, and they give them the chance. We're a League Two club, so we might as well do the same. And and we've put ourselves in a position that we'll sign him afterwards if he works out. And my second reason why he will work out is because he's a Scandinavian goalkeeper at Bolton, which we know always works. <laughs>
2: <laughs> there's, a, there's definitely a track record there.
3: Yep, one, in, one out of one.
0: <laughs> yeah, It's a cracking record, it's a cracking record. It's it's actually, don't, 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 I, I'm silently um, uh, optimistic, just you because he's totally viander. <laughs> No,
2: no I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of Bo Hansen, to be perfectly honest.
3: All successes. Did he go in there? All successes.
2: You don't, don't tell me you don't remember Bo Hanson playing in golf? Oh, for... was,
1: it, was it Newcastle? It was. Yes, he got sent off, yeah. All right, three out of three, out
2: of three then. <laughs> <laughs> Just emphasising your point, mate.
1: Why the hell did he? Why the hell did Bo Hanson go in there? He wasn't overly tall. He certainly wasn't. I was going very... to say, there must have been some bigger players in that Bolton team to go in. Because he was all plus up front, probably. <laughs> well, yeah, that's a good point. Anyway.
0: Yeah. I remember being told by my dad about how or, oh, yeah, Bo Hanson was. I hope that makes you feel old, boys.
1: Um, yeah, that's uh, such, that's for the rewind pod that's uh, yet to get going again, <laughs> but uh, we'll try our best to sort it out soon. Uh, fair enough. So, yeah, J- James, uh, we're going to have
0: that clipped up and remind you when he drops a clanger on Saturday against Salford. <laughs> um, but we shall we see.
3: Say... You can make an entire compilation, it's fine. <laughs>
0: You're fortunate we don't put it that way. Actually, no, as you know, that's not true. We're not fortunate we don't because you're the person who makes the clips, <laughs> so you can make that decision. You can make that call. This, this, this is a flaw in my cunning plan. Um. Anyway, I'll, I'll stay. I'll stay with you, James, to talk about the other loan signing that Lee mentioned who we might be able to take up, um, up permanently at the end of the season. Twenty-three-year-old Dapo Afalayan who has come in on loan from West Ham thanks to agent Kevin Nolan um, he has some football league experience having played for Mansfield and some other team that I can't remember the name of there we go thank you Lee that's why we've got you on here so don't make me look as foolish <laughs> as Daryl from The Wanderer uh, <laughs> um, um, so yeah James for Lion. what are we expecting from him?
3: I'll be honest, mate. I have no idea because I'm. I have i do not know anything <laughs> about him, really. I'd, I'd never. You, you him. use your
0: imagination. What would we, could we be expecting <laughs> from a young striker?
3: Uh, well, Kevin Nolan's record him and that guy knew how to score a goal. So hopefully, this um Lion knows how to score a goal as well. I'd, I'd, I'd like to think Kevin Nolan wouldn't send us a player who, who didn't know what he was doing. So, yeah, I'll go with that. I'm just looking at his record now. Twenty. 20 goals in 82 appearances. I suppose it's all right. Not 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 starting for him, but I suppose it's not a bad option to bring off yeah. the bench. Yeah, Yeah,
0: that's yeah. what I was going to say. Yeah, he'll
3: he'll will so, do he'll do. He'll do. And he definitely <laughs> will be looking for the game time considering the lad's 23.
0: Yeah, that's that's what I was going to come on to with you, Lee. Do you think age 23 probably not going to get a loan off West Ham unless there were some kind of assurances? He he's going to be the kind of person who'll get immediate games
1: into. I don't think it matters with him. I think they've um, he's twenty three, nine days nitpicking, but I'm just I'm just on flash score now and I look at him. But yeah, he's um, he's someone I've I've, I've come across. Like, I look at the under twenty three Premier League just to see who's scoring I just have a look at the goal scorers to see who's, who's doing well. Got five and eleven this season. There's, there's some good players, obviously in the Premier League under twenty three league. You know, he's not he's up against some decent defenders. Sometimes players drop down coming back from injury. And you know he's got he's got one in two there. Um, he only got one in six games at Mansfield, but I'd imagine some of those were sub. Um, Oldham he didn't manage to score in ten games again. I'm not sure whether he he, he I'd imagine quite a few tend to be when you get a loanee from a, from higher up they tend to come off the bench a lot, and um, I imagine that was probably the case as well. So he's not particularly done so well in his EFL loans, but that's without looking at context and minutes etc. And you know sort of. The state of the clubs who who he's joined, and I don't imagine when he joined Oldham in eighteen nineteen they were doing particularly well because they're, they're not doing particularly well for years. So yeah, West Ham signed him in, in uh, two thousand eighteen from Solly Um He scored eleven in twenty nine the national, uh, well, might have been National League North then uh, Solly Moors but um, he he's scored goals in non league. Uh, he's not a kid, as we say, he's nearly twenty three. Um but there's some good reports bounce around, not so good reports bounce around from a, a few Oldham fans on Twitter who said he was useless, but you know, what we're not gonna take our uh take opinions from Oldham fans they don't know what they're on about. So um yeah, like say, yeah, they they like David Wheater apparently. So. <laughs> well he's um he's uh, he's someone who's it's a good good pickup and I think your original question, which I've gone off track with was saying, do you think there's someone that they'll expect us to, to play him? We? No, no, I don't because, con- again, his contract's up in the summer. He's someone who I think they're just willing to sort of go try and find yourself a club and try and kick-start your career. You know, it's not going to be with West Ham in the Premier League, so I think they just wanted to do the best by the lad, really, and, and, and coming to us, I think probably, I don't know whether he had other options, obviously, but I think it's a good, good move for him and, you know, hopefully he gets more than just just a few cameos off the bench. Uh hopefully he gets a bit of more of an opportunity. But it's it's hard to see that being in the central striking role, obviously, with Doyle seemingly playing every minute of every game. Um but you know, perhaps it just gives us a, give uh Everett a chance to give Doyle that rest that he might well need. And perhaps uh flying starts a couple of games here and there as the schedule gets more packed uh, as we as we go on, sort of Saturday, Tuesday. It might be difficult for Doyle to um to replicate that, but apparently he can play across all three Sort of front front line, sort of you know right wing, left wing, cutting in, uh, as well as up front. He's he's adaptable. He's not just a target man. He's he's more of a I think more of a pacey, skillful sort of uh, striker. So yeah, we'll just have to see see how it works out. It's it's a win 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 loan for me because. If it doesn't work out, he, he goes back, and if he does, it likely is he'd be more than happy to sign for us. So I don't know where he's from originally, where he, whether he's northern or north, southern lad or whatever. But uh, going back to the other pod where I was going about northern signings and southern signings, but um, hopefully somebody who will settle in the area well and can do well for us.
0: Yeah, uh, let's hope so. Um, I I have to admit, I did do uh, a bit of uh, due diligence on um, Afalayan in in the aftermath uh, of him signing because I have to admit, other than the fact that I'd seen that he'd scored for for West Ham in their game against Doncaster, Doncaster, um, I'd never heard of him prior to that. Um, And basically what I can see the goal he scored for Mansfield was a tap in. The goal that he scored for West Ham against Doncaster was a tap in. And pretty much every other goal that I've seen him score for the under twenty threes has been a tap in. So uh, tell me don't get me wrong, a lot no, wrong of with people make their careers that exactly. Just look at it
3: and this is the point. So
0: this, this is the point. I think I like, think it is like, interesting.
3: He's basically a younger Delfonso. <laughs>
0: Well, what, what I was going to say was, I think it's interesting that they've said that he can play across the other side. But what I would say here is he looks as though the kind of person who, when the game is stretched, would come on in the last 10 minutes and maybe nick you a goal. Yeah, I think that's exactly
2: yeah. what he is, especially with Miller proving unbelievably uh, injury-prone. We haven't got, apart from Ganua, really, an option off the bench. It's more a question of rotating Delfonso, his, his Grove, and Ganua for the, the supporting role for Doyle. So, a, a young, energetic lad. Wanting to make his mark, can do exactly that in the right circumstances. So I think he, I think impact substitute is probably the best he can he can bet uh, on. But like Lee said, he's, he's scored a few goals here and there. So yeah, nothing really ventured, nothing gained.
1: He's been around an awful lot more actually than I realised. I thought I'd heard this um, somewhere that he he was at Chelsea's youth academy for seven years and oh six or thirteen. So six, he'll only been nine. So he would join Chelsea as like <laughs> a nine-year-old, and then he went to Toronto FC and played for their, um, I think their like sort of youth team, the college team, Toronto that Va- Toronto Varsity Blues. And then he went to Barnet. Barnet after that, then Tootin and, and Mitcham. Then he rocks up at Loughborough Uni, the team we beat seven nil or whatever. Where we thought we were going to HMS Pistol League, and and he played for them for a little bit before he, I think Solil Moore was signing from Loughborough. So he's he's bounced around a lot, you know. He's played a lot of football. A um, twenty-three. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he's had about ten clubs by the time he's twenty-three. But let's like say a lot of them, you know, a lot of players bounce around these kinds. It's interesting. He actually spent seven years at Chelsea. They obviously saw something in him. So um, for him not to be released as like a 13, 14, 15 fourteen, fifteen-year-old, he stayed there till he was uh, sixteen. So yeah, someone who hopefully will uh, prove, you know, prove to be a good a good pickup. Yeah. Yeah, let's hope so. You know, let's hope it doesn't go the way of
0: Keshi Anderson. Um, But (laughs) but there's loads of uh, loads loads of examples out there in the lower leagues where some of these Premier League loans work out, some of them don't. I think we needed a striker. We needed someone who could potentially um, deputise for Doyle if Doyle, if anything did happen to. We've already seen Doyle get injured for some period of time this season. Um, So certainly, I think it's uh, it's a useful signing, and I look forward to seeing what he can do. a player who would have made his debut last night had the Mansfield game not been called off is MJ Williams, who we've got after he cancelled his contract to Blackpool, was only there for half a season, uh, was at Rochdale. Before then, we're led to believe a a combative midfielder. Uh, Chris, I'll come to you first because I know this is something you've been wanting for a long time because while Tut is, is, has been very, very good this season, you wouldn't necessarily describe him as combative. So maybe this is someone to give a bit more bite to our midfield. Yeah, no, not going
2: to pretend to be any sort of expert on this, lad's. I'll, I'll issue that the I mean our famous phrase never heard of him. Um, <laughs> let's just see. Let's just see how he goes. Uh, I, I have no expectations, and therefore can't be overly disappointed. So I'll hand over to to anyone else that knows exactly a little bit more about the lad because I don't. But you're right; it is a position where we did need some some backup. Um, I thought it telling during the Tranmere game when we we were out for a lot of times in the center of the park, and so it's not really surprising that he's coming coming to reinforce that position so yeah hopefully this lad can come in, he's, he's the right sort of age and again he's playing in a higher division so it should hopefully give us an extra element of class and, and a bit of bite in a, an area where we could do with it
0: Yeah, um, Lee I, I presume you'll obviously know a bit more in terms of the background on MJ Williams who did he play, play kind for of... when he was yeah. seven Lee <laughs> just let me just let me type into Wikipedia <laughs> no, 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 no it's all right. I was I was going to come to James first anyway because one thing I did see about MJ Williams which was, I think was quite useful off the uh, BWFC analysis um, Twitter page was that he despite Blackpool fans not giving him a particularly glowing recommendation um, it was something like 77% of his passes were forwards which for a competitive midfielder I think is 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 quite impressive or at least shows a little bit of proactive thinking
3: yeah yeah uh... Pro- probably from uh, being in being in Liverpool's academy, from what I'm seeing here. Yeah.
1: Knowledge. Oh no, he just looked at. <laughs> ah, yeah. yeah.
3: It. yeah I, pre- I preloaded his Wikipedia page already. Don't try
2: and out tenant lead Lieutenant, it's never going to happen. <laughs> oh, yeah, he'll, he'll find a
3: way with, with Marcus Madison. Don't worry about it. Um, but yeah, he, he's obviously he's not a glamorous signing, but he's probably someone that we just need. Someone who can play midfield or or defence if we need him. A decent utility player. Played quite a bit for Rochdale in League One, so so he already knows how to play under a mad manager like Keith Hill. So
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, so hopefully it won't be much of a adaptation to ever. Yeah, I, I I can't really say say much about him. Although I have, I have to say he's definitely a, a a DM with this goal record. He's not he's not scored a professional goal.
1: I think he's got he's got one in the cup. Wikipedia only do league games.
3: <laughs> and... See, that's what
2: happens when you're trying out Tenant league Tenant you will come back with something <laughs> that you my,
3: my <laughs> back in your lane. My apologies. He scored one and I'm sure it was a screamer or something. But either way. I... <laughs> probably <a tap> it's <laughs> But but Probably it's tapping. Yeah, probably a tapping. Uh, either way, though. Yeah. Yeah. Just glad to have him. Fill up that squad, <laughs> I guess.
0: <laughs> Indeed. I no, I th- I think I think given the fiasco of Brandon Comley, we did need somebody else to, to um uh, be a bit more competition for top. Because don't get me wrong, I do like George Thompson, but I did have concerns about um how lightweight our midfield might be in that Lateon Orient game with him, Kieran Lee and Delfonso. And Delfonso obviously wasn't really playing in midfield. So I th- I think it's good to have someone with a bit more physicality in there, but um, Lee, go and go and give, give your verdict on uh, MJ Williams now, I presume I've given you five minutes, you must be an expert on him now.
1: Well, I was another one who said on the on our group chat said, Who the hell's that? MJ <laughs> Williams and and then I realised it's Jordan Williams. I don't, it's, for some reason he's just added well, apparently Michael's his first name looking at this, but I've never ever heard of him as MJ Williams. I have heard of Jordan there's a there's a few Jordan Williams knocking around the AFL. I think there's one at Barnsley. So that might be why he's, he's I don't know probably not why he's changed it but I've never heard heard him referred to as MJ which is bizarre Michael Jordan (laughs) I wonder wonder whether his dad was a basketball fan Michael Jordan Williams but anyway uh, or a thriller fan (laughs) so yeah like say he was at at Liverpool for nine years so again when you're there for that long they obviously see something in you so you'd hope that he's got something about him Um, like say he's Three three EFL loans at Notts County, Swindon, and Rochdale shows that that they're pretty much I imagine all League One level. I think Notts County were League One in 2015, so pretty much all League One level, um, or League League One, League Two level. Anyway, so he's not uh, he's not gone higher than that. He's not played in the Championship. I don't think within any of those clubs now. Now he won't have done. But yeah, like I say, I've, I've never seen him play. I won't be sent to know an awful lot about him. I've seen he's he's grown his hair since this Wikipedia picture. He's got a bit of a, a bit of a Tom Thorpe going on. Let's just hope he's better than him.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously, being in Liverpool's academy, I did watch the interview, and uh, it says that he's a Welsh youth international, but he's about as scouts yeah. as Andy Tutte is. So, exactly, yeah. Uh, he's uh, a fluent
1: uh, Welsh speaker, though, according to his personal life. So no, really Fasc- Fascinating. So, exactly. So maybe you can uh, form a little dressing room clique with Lloyd Grove and Getting Jones. And uh, Declan John as well. And, De- and Declan John, yeah, he seems to like his cults, doesn't he? Uh, yeah, we got a lot, of, got a lot
0: of my brethren in that in that team. I like it, Wanderers. Uh,
1: apart from, uh, from Ali Crawford, gladly. Indeed, absolutely. Sacked him off. There
0: we go. Yeah, we'll we'll be getting onto that very very shortly, don't you worry, Lee? I'm sure that all we are all uh, desperate to get our teeth into that one. But first, we have to come to what has already been described in this podcast as the marquee, um, not the Marcus, the marquee signing of uh, of this January transfer window. Marcus Madison, a hell of a lot of goals, a hell of a lot of assists for Peterborough um, over his career. Twenty-seven now had a bit of a rough patch at Charlton Athletic. Chris, he might be a dickhead. <laughs> we, from by all accounts, from what we've heard from a lot of different um, fans of different clubs, he is, definitely is one of one of those. But he could well turn this season around if we even get a fraction of the form that we've seen from him in the past.
2: Yeah, it's a it's a really exciting signing, the first one since uh, the last one. It's positive that we're that has yeah. been backed, and I think um, it 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 cuts both ways. I guess the the fact that we brought him in means that we've got a hungry player wanting to prove himself again, a player that's taken a drop down two divisions, three divisions. I don't know what league they are in. Uh, it's 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 yeah. exciting. I think we've got a lot of a lot of players in the team that could benefit from that. It takes a lot of the creative weight off Sarcevic's shoulders. It gives Doyle and Delfonso another source of hopefully a, a, a supply to uh, give them even more chances, which they can hopefully, hopefully put away to our benefit. And at the end of the day, we've got a player who's in his prime, who's got a track record at, at the leagues, much higher than we're, what we're in, uh, and he's willing to still come and see us. So it, it gives Everett the chance to to back what he's said. We've got the Phoenix signings uh, are on the way out. The Everett era, uh, I guess, is here in full force now. Uh, the pressure's on not only for Madison, but also for the manager, I suppose, in t- to get this player in the team quick, get him gelling and get him providing even two-thirds of what he, he did at Peterborough, in which case he'd be an absolutely unbelievable asset. Um, Got to be one of the, the biggest signings that-, that a League 2 club has made in recent years, uh, discounting our own investment this summer in, in Doyle. Uh, but I'm really looking forward to seeing him play, and-, and I would have no hesitation, despite his lack of game time for- for Charlton to to whacking him straight in the team on Saturday, really looking forward to seeing how he gets on.
0: Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think I think he should be starting um, in that Salford game because let's be honest, it's it, it's not going to be the easiest game at, at their ground against the team who, on their day, could turn anyone over in this league by quite a few goals given the investment that's gone into them. So I think give them something to really be frightened of. And mm, James definitely. Marcus Madison. He, he, Chris is right. This is, this is an absolutely enormous signing for a League Two club and certainly not one. When we were thinking about who this maverick might be, for example, realistically, we had no idea, but we certainly would not have thought that Everett could have got a player of this quality in.
3: Yeah, it. I, I'm surprised he had the balls to ask in the first place, but I guess I shouldn't be considering how much Everett backs himself. But I don't think any of us saw this coming. Like the first time I saw his name being banned and about, I'm thinking, nah, someone's taking the piss now. But but nope. As soon as it was confirmed by a Sky Sports journalist, I'm like, holy shit, <laughs> holy sh- yeah. I, I I don't know what more to say about him. That's already been said. We already know what what reputation he's got. But like like I say, we we do alright with taking people who've had ba- who've had a bad reputation and turning their career around. So hopefully we can do the same for Marcus Madison. I I, I, I can't really can't really big him up anymore, can I, F- for this level?
0: No, it's it's just one of those, isn't it? Immediately you stand up and take notice. With the three signings that we've had so far, they all might turn out very, very well, and they all might be, um, particular. You know what we need rather than what we want, for example. But it is nice to finally to bring in somebody, as Chris said, when we brought in Doyle in summer, there was that buzz around it, thinking we've got the best goal scorer in this league. We probably do have the best player in the league in Marcus Madison. What what I have said already, and I'm going to come to you, Lee, for for the inevitable devil, Devils' advocate question. Um, I, I said in the chat, I've said uh, to anyone who'll hear me, we need to be careful because this could be a King Cladzi, could be a Juninho situation where you bring in someone who is on their own superb, but very very detrimental to the team. And we given his reputation previously. Could you see that being an issue with Madison, or should we just be excited?
1: Yeah, there's always there's always the the worry that he will disrupt like the the sort of team's I don't know, ethos or whatever. You know what though, there's nothing to lose at all, is there? It's not like we're in a position where we're fourth third in the league, we're, you know, gunning for automatic promotion and he upsets the apple cart and he upsets a winning you know, proper winning team, not just talking about one game. Um, you know, he's someone who it's no risk. If he doesn't work out again, he goes back to Charlton. I think if we stay in League Two, it's, let's be honest, probably nine nine times out of ten, you, you play this season out. We're, we're not going to get in the playoffs, and then you got to win them. Certainly not going to get automatic. So, um, you know, he, he may well move on. Whatever happens, and, and get a, get a club higher up the pyramid if he does well. But no, I don't. I don't see it as. Uh, I see it as a, another win-win really, where got nothing to lose if if he isn't if he is an asshole. I'm, I'm sorry. Sure look, you look at in in life that you look at his Instagram or whatever, and you know it, it seems like he's had a bit of a tough year, and you know there's different people, different opinions and and you know any, anyone anyone can come across as as a dickhead, and there's a lot a lot of different fans have um, have said that he's acted. You know, in a sort of maybe selfish, egotistical way, or whatever. You just don't know, do you? You get the right mix of uh, personalities at Everton and, and Madison. Yeah, they either they might hit it off great, they might just be fine. There could they could be big, big issues, there could be a rook, you know, brewing. But uh, I think Bowie, Lee Bowie, said at Charlton um, that he was, he, he think he pulled out, he said he pulled out the challenge, and if he does that again, he won't play for me again or whatever, something along those lines. I don't think, you know, we, he's not been brought in to, to do that. Hopefully he gets the, the role in the team, the number 10 role, uh, even though we're perhaps, perhaps not so much playing with the number 10 quite as much. But if we do, and he plays that, or if he plays off the wing, then we give him the chance to sort of uh, relinquish any sort of defensive... Of course, you've still got to track your man, et cetera, and do the basics, but we're not bringing him in to be, you know, a defensive-minded player. So hopefully we can just... Get the best out of him, and um, you know his personality gels with the rest of the squad. I um, you know, say he knows Santos from his Peter days. Uh, hopefully, that's a help. You know, it's always a help when someone knows at least someone in the dressing room. Um, maybe he'll know some other players, some, some links, but who knows? But like I say he's he's someone who we're bringing in to hopefully pushes pushes towards those playoff places. The next five six games are vital after Salford. I think we've got. That run of s's again, haven't we? Scunthorpe and End, it goes in the same sort of uh, sequence, roughly, doesn't it? So having those games where you think look like we we should be able to get some points on the board, him coming in at that time could be could be great, great for us to push on. And uh, yeah, just have to see how, how the signing works out again. But for me, I'm not worried too much about that aspect of it. If that does come to pass, that he is hard work and he, he falls out with, ever it falls out with his, his teammates, etc then we've not signed him for three years, have we? We've not signed him on big wages, but he just goes back to Chelsea and that's the end of him. So it's, uh, it's a good signing for Matt. Well, it's a great signing on paper. Let's see how it works out in real life.
0: Indeed. Chris, Lee makes the point there that it, it is sort of a win-win for us given that he's not our player. Um, do, do you see that as being a major advantage given that it's almost like a player playing for a contract?
2: Yeah, 100% I think it's Bob on. I think someone like him who's obviously got a very high opinion of his own ability has had a rough 18 months. He didn't really do anything at Hull, done even less at Charlton. I think it's it's an opportunity for him to either cement his place and get a permanent lucrative contract with us or play at a level that he believes his, his abilities deserve. So, yeah, I think I don't think it's it's a risk in any sort of way. You know what sort of play you're getting, so no one's going to be surprised when he doesn't put the miles in. But then again, we've had players in the past who've not done that, and, and I think it's all about that balance. And, and Everett's team is... is has previously been functional, not been glamorous or anything like that, and I think there's room for someone like that in our team because, in the likes of Tutt, Thomason, you know, even going back to Comley, people, Sarsich, people like that, you've got those that are quite happy to be the, the water carriers, shall we say, to use an old the and, home, yeah, yeah, you know, and let uh, and let your man Madison come in with his tattoos and all this other carry on his his daft clubber and uh, and be that. X-factor. I think it's exciting. I'm really looking forward to Saturday on that basis now.
0: Indeed, it could be your next Chris Eagles, Chris. Well,
2: you know what? That, that, that's a perfect, a perfect uh, parallel to, to what I think and what I hope that we'll get from this guy. Not going to be bothered that his stats, his kilometres run, whether he jogs back in after half-time, all that <laughs> shite. It, it is in play one bit. You know What I'll judge Madison on is his, is his numbers at the end of the day, goals. It won't be assists because obviously they don't matter. But it'll be goals and the contribution to the team. I think it's a real shot in the arm for a team that's hopefully about to go on a, a good run to see us through this most uh, most important part of the season.
0: Absolutely. I think it's uh, fair to say that you can colour us excited and we're looking forward to seeing what happens with, with this signing. He's got 20 games or 21 games actually because the Mansfield one was called off um, to show us what he can do. And I'm looking forward to seeing what that is. Um, I'm going to lump three of the outgoings uh, Bolton in in with each other because I think not overly surprising nor particularly interesting apart from maybe Regan Riley because you know it's a young kid that we're missing out on again but I th- it does sound like 250k plus add-ons it's a good deal for the club uh, James are we going to lose any sleep over Regan Riley George Taft and Tom White leaving the club uh,
3: you, I mean if you'd asked me a couple of years ago about Taft then maybe because like, we were having a defensive problem but uh, uh hopefully that issue solved now we'll have to wait and see um, Regan Riley would have liked seeing him maybe get a chance later on but but the lad's got connections and he's ended up with a really good move on a four year contract to a, uh, inevitable Premier League club so yeah fair play to him that's worked out no one's going to miss Tom White he was he was worth a try when he first came in because Everett knew him and he worked out well at Barrow hasn't worked out for us shame oh well See you later. Uh, yeah, I think we're I think, I think...
0: unceremoniously dumped, almost, isn't it? Well, I think you're right, James.
2: I think most people would have sacrificed someone like Taft if it meant signing someone like Madison. Yeah, Tom. White, I think it's Tom... not a bad, not a, not a bad trade.
3: Yeah, Tom White's career was over as soon as he missed that um,
1: penalty in the cup match, pretty much. Wouldn't go that far. It, uh, it didn't matter one little bit, but the fact he was crap. Forgot about that. The fact he yeah. was crap was was more of a. <laughs> there's oh, more than yeah. hindrance yeah. to his Bolton. eye I'd he like starts. to imagine this conversation, Lee,
0: with you having with Tom White. Tom, don't worry about it. It's not the fact you missed the penalty. It's just the fact you crap at football. It's fine.
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. you, you know what? He actually showed flashes against against Forest Green. He was our man. Our man of the match. Not not the game's we, man of the we match. Said, we said it before,
3: I, We said it though before Tom. He's got Joe Williams syndrome.
1: Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Good debut. Rest of it not so good. But uh, yeah, sat by that pool in Turkey watching him uh, in that first game. I was pretty encouraged but yeah, it was it was fleeting his his quality and he was just a bit just a bit ponderous and perhaps that's to do with just getting to know the team and the teammates. I think there's a few players who've been tired with that um he, he unfortunately got tired with, with the brush that they couldn't cut it and it maybe ninety percent of it might have been to do with the fact that everyone was struggling and they've just been the unlucky ones who've been singled out and Put put White in a team that's won four or five in a row, and you might see a different player. But that's the way the cookie crumbles, isn't it? Indeed, I'm going to presume that there's no further
0: uh, thoughts to be made on George Saffregan, Riley, and um, Tom White. You know, wish them well with the rest of their careers. But I think, based on our our, our transfer dealings in this window, we're not overly fussed. The, no. the one that does stand out, though. And Chris, I'm going to give you free rein with this. Ali Crawford on loan to Keith Hills. Transmitter to discuss he he
2: leaves much in the way that he spent his last couple of years was with a shrug of the shoulders I think in general I don't think anyone can <clears throat> argue that our squad is immensely uh, more strong with the outgoings and the ingoings on balance I, I wouldn't have kept any of them over the ones that we've signed I think um, even Tom White who we've seen the MJ guy, Williams whatever his surname is I, I, would, I, I would already have him over Tom White such as the lack of impact that he'd had but Crawford can look back on his career with a Alan Partridge gif, shrug your <laughs> shoulders, just completely irrelevant, uh, a footnote in history, pointless, uh, impact free, Um just soft overall. Soft. I, I have no issue with him as, a, as in his character. Everyone that speaks of him speaks very highly of him. But in terms of his impact on the football field, immensely forgettable. Uh, quite happy for him to go and play with Tranmere uh, for Tranmere and Hill. Obviously, they, they played with one another last season, so there's an element of no one another there. I believe there's a and, and uh, an opportunity for that to be made permanent as well come the end of the season. So, yeah, I hope it works out for him. But at the same time, I'm glad we've got the midfield we've got now compared to the midfield we had Monday morning. I think we're uh, we're a far better team already. Uh, and I think that someone like Crawford, is, is, we all can see the potential that he's got. Whether he's playing within himself, whether he's playing at a level below where he should play, I, I, I don't know. But it really hasn't worked for him far back. One free kick against uh, Rochdale, I think it was. Uh, his entire Bolton career will be will be forgotten about in a matter of weeks.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I made no secret of it. I the ratings that I did in the aftermath of the tramme again. For, I, I tell you what, before I go into any kind of diatribe about how poor I thought Crawford was, isn't it hilarious that Hill decided to bring Crawford back after that awful performance against his own team? I mean, mm-hmm. if 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 that's what Hill decides to look at and think, right, I'm going to sign you, then clearly, you know, he should never been given any kind of free reign over transfers to begin with when he was at Bolton. But you know, I, I digress. Um, I said as much as what I think of Ali Crawford in my player ratings of him. I think he he's been spineless. I think he's been gutless. I think th- I, he's certainly playing with it himself because he does have a lot of a lot more talent than that. and We've seen it in so fleeting examples, um, that it's a bit mind bogglingly frustrating, um. And I was over the moon, as you know, Chris, when I messaged you to say uh, how brilliant sure. I thought it was that the player that I dislike the most in our squad has gone to the team I dislike the most in this league. So um, absolutely brilliant. Well done, yeah. Keith Hill. Um, Just watching him rip it up yeah, now. Go on. Oh, yeah. Well, no, I, I was gonna, I was, this is exactly, Lee, you read my mind. I was going to come on to James and been. say, do you think that there is a chance now that we've made a mistake by quote-unquote strengthening a rival in Tranmere? That was the argument that I saw quite a lot on Twitter.
3: You're not strengthening anybody, strengthening anybody by giving them this. <laughs> you strengthening Bolton Yeah, the only team you're strengthening is Bolton Wanderers by getting rid of him. If Keyfield wants him, Keyfield can have him because he's not gonna, he's not gonna get them promoted. That's gonna backfire on me. I hope. I hope not, but. <laughs> but I'll say it.
2: Just mark that time cra- time stamp for the uh, compilation, Tom. Yeah, that'll yeah that'll yeah, get
3: absolutely will get clips by some tr- sad Tranmere fan later on, but whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, no, he he needed to go. He looked a shadow of the player that we had in those initial games in League One. It it it's sad because I don't remember him being that soft in in League One. I swear he held onto the ball a
1: lot better than he did this season. Well, he didn't really play. Like he, he played the the games that we remember him playing well in were against a lot of kids from Manchester City, and then that free kick was really? against Rochdale in again in the in the, what well, what was the Johnston Paints, I think it was. I was it in the League Cup. It was a, it was an immaterial yeah. goal anyway because yeah. we got thumped. Yeah, but the, so the, initial, like, the oh.
3: initial games he started when he signed, even though we 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 lost the games, no one can really say that he that he had a bad game or. That, or that, yeah, I, I don't really
1: remember them. Well, yeah, this is really the thing, isn't
0: it? I think this is a good those point those that Chris has made over the course of our discussions. on Arnie Crawford is—you don't remember an awful lot about him, and that's that's criminal for a number ten who's supposed to be the focal point of your yeah. team.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: But
1: I both. just remember him hitting Hollywood passes um, that went out of touch and and being weak as piss in the in the challenge and just on meh. And <laughs> sorry, James, cut you off, but uh, he. Yeah, he was meh, and I'm glad he's gone. Absolutely, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad he's not an option. I'm glad we can't pick him.
3: Yeah, na- yeah, now, <laughs> yeah, and now, na- and now we've got an, an up and comer who we can mold to be a bit stronger in Thomason who does that exact same job. So, yeah,
1: yeah definitely, it,
3: it, it's it, it's seen it's a good move for everyone involved. So, see, you, Ali, you're you're a nice guy, but bye.
0: <laughs> Please don't come back. Don't let the door hit you in the arse on the way out. (laughs) Absolutely. It would have done if I was slamming it, certainly. I'm very, very pleased he's gone. Uh, Maybe he read my play ratings and decided, you know what, I can't be bothered with this anymore. (laughs) Who knows? Uh, I bloody hope so. That would be hilarious. Um, right so we've covered the transfer um deadline day we've covered the transfer window um overall in our podcast in recent weeks uh just very very quickly before we move on to the mansfield game which i just want to, a, a word from all of you uh, to say how crap that pitch was and how embarrassing it is that they can't get a game on two weeks in a row and um, rate the transfer window that you think bowls wanderers have had out of 10. james i'll come to you first we'll move around
3: uh, I'm going to say an eight, but that's only because I felt we should have aimed to get more bodies out the door. Like we don't need the likes of, we don't need three full backs in either position with like Hitman and Maskell could have gone. Um, you could,
0: you I completely forgot about them.
3: Yeah. You could easily make a case to get rid of Comley as well, but that just depends whether we could get anybody to take him, which it seems like we couldn't. So, so maybe a couple of them will be deregistered until we know what to do with them. But, but the incomings and the outgoings more than make up for it. I just don't think we fully realised what we could have done.
1: Fair enough. Lee? There's nothing more uh, more embarrassing for a footballer to be deregistered, is there? Um, <laughs> so, yeah, out, <laughs> you're that bad. We just don't even need you as an option. Um, so, out of 10, without Madison, it was probably looking like a 6.57. I think with Madison, without obviously seeing what his impact's gonna be, the expectation of everything, I would say it's probably an eight point five. Um, yeah, go with eight point five. Quite happy with it. Um could be brought in maybe well, let's say we may well have another edition tomorrow, um, Friday perhaps, you know, with, with Joel Lynch if the if the reports or rumours are, are proved correct. And if we can get him in as well, experienced Raffy's played championship football, I think he would probably elevate it to a nine.
0: Fair enough. Um, I, I agree with you on the deregistering thing. I think that's hilarious. Imagine having that conversation with Maskell, Hickman and Comley. Go and train with the kids. By the way, there's no kids anymore because we don't have <laughs> yeah. Hickman under 23, so just go and train on your own. somewhere like, quiet. Oh, go and sit there's in a the corner, kids. boys. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Um, and Chris, coming to you, out of 10 for this transfer window.
2: Yeah, I think the lads have summed it up pretty nicely. I think it's, uh, we're, as I said before, we're a much better team now than we were at the start of the window and I guess that's all you can ask for. So, uh yeah, happy days. I'll, I'll I'll go with a 10 because, look, why not? Let's be excited, I think.
0: <laughs> Brilliant. I'm looking forward to your score predictions for the Salford game with that kind oh, of positivity. Um, <laughs> 18-0? <laughs> um, or oh, at least. <laughs> something along those at lines. At least. Uh, just very, very quick, quickly, Chris, just uh, to touch on it because, obviously, we, we're recording this on uh, on Wednesday night uh, because we presumed that Bolton were going to have a game against Mansfield Town last night. Are we pleased that the game was called off again? Are we annoyed? Uh, What's your general sentiment towards that? I
2: I wasn't overly bothered, to be honest. I think we'll be a far stronger team on Saturday for the rest. And I think we'll be a far stronger team when the time actually comes to play Mansfield for the rest and for the the ability to integrate more of the new signings into the squad. So I think it could be a blessing in disguise. As frustrating as it was, which meant I had to watch three episodes of EastEnders back-to-back with the misses last night. Uh, But there you go. Every cloudy, eh? I think we are I think we'll come out of it for the stronger. Um, as much as it was, it was disappointing not to uh, not to have a, have a game.
0: Absolutely, I, th- I think we can probably agree that it must be more annoying for Mansfield, surely, given that they were on a run of what was it, five wins or something like that, yeah, and yeah, know, five, four five, games well. cancelled. Um, but no, I, I was I was a little bit annoyed that it was so late because I don't know what kind of impact that's going to have on our players um, in terms of the travel and whatever. I think Everett was making. Quite a big deal of it. He does realise that Salford is just down the road, doesn't he? Uh, so yeah, Mansfield—it's only,
2: an only an hour and a half away. You could do that in your sleep. No, knows. no, no.
0: But I mean, I mean, knocking the knock-on effect of him saying oh, we've got to travel again at the weekend—it's just like it's Salford. I mean, they could all drive there realistically, and it's not that we much get of a big the big fucking problem. Bus. Is it? Well, yeah, <laughs> it's it's just you know daft. Um, James, last word on, on Mansfield before we talk about the sort upcoming Salford game. Um, did you see the petition that, or the GoFundMe that's been released to try and buy them a new pitch?
2: oh jesus christ when will we learn
3: uh, <laughs> I, i've not seen that and i'm i'm and i'm embarrassed to have even heard of that like you know, <laughs> anyone can tell that you need proper drainage at least but why should why the hell shouldn't they have a campaign for it
1: i know i think it's tongue funny. in cheek isn't
3: it <laughs> oh, oh yeah of it's real it of oh, course it is someone had to m- went f- go through the effort of making that why? It's not much, it's not much effort,
1: effort it? <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> to try and be funny. Indeed.
0: But, um, hey, it got a laugh out of you there, James, just for a 2nd then. You're giving them what they want, mate. Uh,
1: They've got quite um, a lot of money in Mansfield as well. No, got and and this was what I was going
0: to say to you, Lee. I was going to say that the John Radford has invested so much money into that playing side and a lot of bang average players like Jordan Barry and Nicky Maynard and Nicky Maynard's gone now. You'd think he would invest in some decent drainage. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Tim Potts, Tim Potts. Clubs we've got to play in this bloody league will be in next season as well. <laughs> no, no, that's yeah, it's, to our, win. Own, it's we're our own fault.
3: Fifteen, at least fifteen of our twenty-one games, and reach playoffs, just like he said. I can't <laughs> believe ever said
0: that. That's, that's we, don't said that. That we, we don't need it's to not, win that
3: many. We don't need to win that many. No,
0: no I think I think someone said that par is like seventy-two or to something to yeah. get playoffs,
1: maybe. Well, we're only on what twenty? I don't know what runs. Yeah. Yeah. Does Two, just hasn't done it in your,
2: uh, in your opinion, fellas?
1: No. Do you should think he it get another it, season it, if we fall short? Should it? Should it uh, depend on it, or will it? Two different questions. Aren't we? Should? Yeah, should if it? it probably, if if he fails yeah.
2: to make playoffs, then uh, then where does he no. go from here? Does it? Does it, it stay w- for you or not?
1: It won't depend. It won't depend on it. I think he's here for next season unless we have a disastrous second no, half say, of the season. It would,
3: but it would depend on how badly we'd we'd fail. But I don't think we're going to fail that badly that we'll be dragged back into a relegation battle with likes so of self-ending Grimsby.
0: What I was going to say on that, Chris, was that realistically, if he was being judged on at least making the playoffs, uh, realistic ownership would have sacked him by now. Um, Mm -hmm. Because that is such a pipe dream. But I do think that there is an element of, and we've touched on it very, very briefly on this podcast, that they must have expended quite a bit of their financial muscle to get in the players that we have. Because Kieran Lee won't have come cheap. Um, Madison will definitely not have come cheap. And I think the standard of player that we've brought in since Phoenix has gone has shown a little bit of loosening of the purse strings there. So maybe if, as Lee says, we do have a disastrous second half of the season when he's been backed and fully backed, I would say, I yeah. think there could be cause to let him go. But I'd, I think it would take something catastrophic for that to happen, unfortunately, okay. because yeah, I think yeah, I think he, he, there should be more... He should be less stable in the job now than he has been, certainly.
1: Yeah.
0: Anyway... That, that was an element of negativity that we added to this I hope, positive podcast.
1: Apologies, I was, it's, it's just a, a moment right. that came to mind. I was, it's, I was, I'd almost forgotten about Kieran Lee, actually. I, like, when I was giving them out to the window, I mean, obviously he's not; he's only played a couple of games and he, he was steady more than spectacular against um, Leighton Orient. But on, on paper, having him in the midfield, you know, you'd know, probably say him. Can him, Sarsovic and Madison? maybe play this three? Is that a bit too attacking? Uh, I think that's good. what you do at home. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, um, but you know, having him if he can stay fit, you can see just in little things like, his the timing of his press and the timing of his his tackles when he's trying to sort of win the ball a little bit higher the pitch for us, and just just little things you can see his his experience and quality shining through. But like I say, having him have, like I said, I'd forgotten not forgotten we'd signed him, but forgotten he was signing this window, and yeah, I'd say the window overall's been a been a really really good success, hasn't it? So. Uh, um, onwards and upwards to the second half of the season. not
3: forget him when he puts Absolutely. Jason Lowe on toast against Salford.
1: That would be brilliant. I hope so. So. Um,
0: so we're moving on to the Salford game. I forgot Jason Lowe played for them. I forgot Jason Lowe existed, frankly. Um, I, yeah. call, I call that I call that the eternal sunshine of the spotless mind effect. <laughs> um, but, come on then, James, you, you've sp- spoken about thinking that Kieran Lee is going to sit Jason Lowe down in his arse. What's your overall predictions for the game? And, and also, would you make any changes?
3: Uh why do you even bother asking me that question after we've won? Why do you even bother?
0: <laughs> it was a long time ago, technically.
3: <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> All right, fair enough. But yeah, no, no, no change, no changes for me unless they're enforced. And well, I reckon, I reckon we'll be up, we'll be up for this game. Maybe another Jordan Turnbull on goal, but I'll go, for, <laughs> I'll go for a. This one will be tighter than Leighton Orient, so I'll go for. Actually, no, I'll go a bit more optimistic. Three-one.
0: Three one. Nice to see it. Um Lee, same question to you. Any changes and what's your score prediction?
1: Like Chris said, I'd be I'd be very tempted to throw Madison and if he look if he looks fit and firing. Um like I say he's not played a lot of football last few weeks at Charlton since he, since that bow you're falling out. But I don't think he'll start him. Um whether whether I would or not, you know, you have to have all the have all the uh, evidence if we need to see whether he's ready to start but No, I'd probably keep the same team. Um Although it's interesting, he was going to play um, MJ uh, in Midfield uh, against Mansfield. Apparently, wasn't he? So perhaps he plays instead of Kieran Lee. But with Kieran Lee having a week's rest, maybe Lee stays in the team and we keep keep the same team. As for the result, could be anything, couldn't it? We could could carry on with our uh, improve sort of performance against Leighton Orient and, and and win the game. Anything could happen. We could get battered. I, I'm probably going to go sit on the fence and say one-all draw. And I would probably take that at the moment. Just continue the momentum. I think if we, if we go away, come away from the peninsula with a with a three 0 defeat or something demoralising like that, it could descend all the sort of optimism we've we've garnered from the window straight away. So steady draw, and then look to win the next game after that. Which I say I'm not sure exactly what it is, but I'm pretty sure it's against one of these uh, teams we're with shite. So uh <laughs> so hopefully that'll be Fun the start ball. of a run. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Quite in our league yet, yeah. we'll give it a couple of years. But uh yeah, yeah, much better I'll, than them. I'll go with a go with a one all draw. Um yeah, one all draw for me. Uh, I think we'll do well to, to, to beat them. Uh, I think a draw I'd be fairly happy with that, even though it's a little bit little bit sort of underwhelming, a little bit pessimistic, but they're they're playing better than they were when, when they came to us. Uh so we've just got just gotta grind out a draw, I think.
0: We'll see. Uh, it's actually Morecambe, uh, The rearranged Morkham fixture. That's uh, oh, on is it the following Tuesday? Yeah, and the, and then we have Stephen, like you said, one one of the crap right. teams with an S. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, but, but I, I again though, I, I you know, I think I think this is a good opportunity for us in a week. Now that we've got the options, which I think is absolutely vital to, to have a bit of squad rotation. Because you're right, I think MJ Williams would have come in for Kieran Lee had we played last night just to give Lee a rest and then put him in for the, the tougher opponent in in Salford. So having those options with these quick-fire games, I'm not too concerned. But with those options, Chris, um, do you want to see any changes come in for this coming weekend?
2: I I, I think I I would uh, is, take his grove out and possibly put uh, Williams in the midfield, or, or Tuck potentially, much as I'd like us to stay on the front foot and retain the same formation. I, I don't think he will. I think he'll go a little bit more circumspect. And so, uh, yeah, I, I can see those couple of changes being made. Just put an extra man in midfield and then we can always revert to that in the second half if uh, if we need to. Much in the same way that Lee would take a point. I think I would at this minute in time as well. I won't be unhappy. Uh, so we'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, a win would be absolutely tremendous. Uh, and given the uh, the investment we've made in the squad this week, who knows, he might turn round and, and, and give more debuts than we expect. But I, I would be surprised in such a tough and potentially important away game to see the goalkeeper change, for example. I don't think he'll do that. No. So, yeah, let, let, let's bring it on. I'm looking forward to it.
0: Indeed. As we said at the start of the podcast, a little bit more positivity this week, certainly after a win, but also after a very, very interesting deadline day and a great transfer window overall, I think. Um I'm going to go with the 2-0 win I think we're going to re- repeat the feat that we did um, at home I think Salford are there for the taking if you get in their faces or they're an early storm um, weathering an early storm has been an issue with Bolton this season but uh, we'd like to think with the added stability afforded to us by Baptiste and Santos maybe we we'll are be able to storm. get over that hoodoo we are the storm that's what we're going to go with this time bring the storm boys we can make that a look. we can we get t-shirts and whatever and have a little slogan and everything <laughs> <laughs> for this second half of season challenge who knows Um but anyway, I think, like we said, more positivity, and let's hope we can get a positive result on Saturday. Um, thank you very much for joining me for this, gentleman, has been a relatively long one, actually, but I think, as we said at the start of the podcast, there was quite a lot to discuss, so a good chat on it was well-deserved. And uh, thank you very much, everyone, for listening to episode 158 of the Nile of the Industry podcast. Thank you, and we'll see you later.